Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded May 31st, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today's podcast is part two of our deep dive into our U.S. Equity Market Outlook update, in which we discuss our key thoughts on positioning trades. Three big things you need to know. First, we think the case against U.S. equities relative to non-U.S. equities has been overstated by global investors. Second, we think the risk of a pause in large-cap growth leadership has grown, despite the fact that we think this part of the market has outperformed for very good reasons. And third, we think small caps are at an attractive entry point for patient investors. If you'd like to hear more, here's another six minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that if you found our work helpful this year, we'd appreciate your vote in the Institutional Investor All-America Research Survey in the Portfolio Strategy category. Voting is open now and expected to remain open through June 23rd. Now the details. Starting with takeaway number one. The case against U.S. equities from a geographical perspective seems overstated. In our work, some of the things that stand out to us on this point are first, U.S. equity valuations have improved relative to non-U.S. equities. This is one of the most frequent complaints we hear about U.S. equities from globally focused investors. But our work suggests that the U.S. has moved well below peak relative valuation versus non-U.S. and has gotten close to its long-term average versus Europe again. In terms of sectors, technology and staples do look overvalued in the U.S. versus their European counterparts, but many other sectors actually look reasonably valued or undervalued in the U.S. Second, global investors may have been too pessimistic on the U.S. economy. On this point, it's worth noting that economic surprises are trending better in the U.S. than Europe right now. And third, the flow rotation story for Europe simply hasn't held up. While U.S. equity outflows persist, the inflows to European-focused equity funds seen at the start of the year have faded. Additionally, China inflows are starting to slip from peak. Moving on to takeaway number two. The large-cap growth leadership trade has been deserved, but it's still looking stretched. The Russell 1000 Growth Index has powerfully outperformed the Russell 1000 Value Index this year, benefiting from the pre-trade of the Fed pause, the regional banking crisis, strong earnings, artificial intelligence, and most recently the debt ceiling drama, which usually hits value in cyclical sectors the hardest. We suspect large-cap growth leadership will take a breather before the year is up, but we think the move has been deserved and may not be over just yet. Here are some of the advantages we see for the growth trade right now. First, growth has been much stronger than value on earnings, with a greater rate of upward revisions. Second, interest rates are expected to come down a bit at the end of this year and next, and growth typically outperforms when that happens. And third, GDP is expected to be sluggish for a while, with 2024 expected by a consensus to come in at 0.8%. Historically, growth outperforms value when real GDP is below its long-term average of 2%. All that being said, here's what's worrying us about the large-cap growth trade right now, besides the possibility that the debt ceiling could resolution could spark rotation back into cyclicals and value. First, growth looks crowded. Asset manager net long positioning for NASDAQ 100 minis has hit the high end of its recent range, per data from CFTC. And second, growth looks expensive. The ratio of Russell 1000 growth PE relative to the Russell 1000 value PE is back to the levels that have marked the peak of the past few years. Tactically, it's very tough to say what sparks this shift out of the growth trade, but conditions are looking ripe. <laughs> 
We'll wrap up with takeaway number three. Small caps are at an attractive entry point for patient investors, and we are sticking with our overweight on small caps relative to large caps. Small cap performance has been attempting to stabilize relative to large caps, with the ratio of the Russell 2000 relative to the S&P 500 trading sideways recently near its 2020 low. Aside from general economic angst and the stubborn dominance of large cap growth, there's one big problem we see for small caps right now. Large caps simply have a better earnings profile. Specifically, the rate of upward EPS estimate revisions has been much stronger for the S&P 500 than the Russell 2000 this year. This is important because it reverses a trend we saw back in 2022 when Russell 2000 revisions were much stronger in the middle months of the year. That being said, the list of things that intrigue us with small caps is much longer. First, small caps have been deeply out of favor and positioning is starting to improve. We see this on CFTC's data for both asset managers and leveraged funds. Second, small caps are deeply undervalued. The Russell 2000's PE has been around 13.8 times in May, well below average. Small caps are also deeply undervalued relative to large caps, at levels bordering on the late 1990s and early 2000s. And the small cap valuation appeal is pretty deep. Most sectors look cheap in small cap relative to large cap. Third, periods of economic stress are usually good buying opportunities for small cap. Typically, as most people know, small caps underperform heading into a recession and start to outperform midway through. What most people may not be aware of, though, is that small cap outperformance also tends to peak around tightening in CNI lending standards, as well as when the unemployment rate starts to pick up. Fourth, small caps tend to outperform during easing cycles, and while investors are worried about the possibility of one more hike in the near term, they're still anticipating cuts in 2024. That's all for now. If you missed it, please do check out part one of this podcast for updates on our S&P 500 price target and EPS forecasts. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.